Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for taking a few moments with us to take a look at the book. We want to study God's Word in light of how it fits in to the end-time scenario that seemingly is describing current events happening in our world today. I have a five-hour audio series on CDs that will help you understand the origins of everything that is in existence today. This is entitled, Return to Eden. Where is the Garden of Eden? How does it play into the end-time scenario found in God's prophetic word? Well, this is a five-part series the Garden of Eden, beginning and end, sin in the garden, sacrifice in the garden, the battle for Jerusalem, which is key to understanding this, and the Messiah's throne room. Right now, we'd like to take a few moments and allow you to hear a portion of the introductory study in this five-hour series, Return to Eden. Once we've done that, I'll tell you how you can get your copy of this five-hour audio series on CD, Return to Eden. Now, let's take a moment and listen to a portion of The Garden of Eden, beginning and end. Oh, look at this. I got to show you this. Go with me, if you will, over here in chapter 1, and look at verse 4 just for a second. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness... And God saw that these things were unbelievably beautiful. God's going to bring forth his perfection. And God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. Look at verse 10. Verse 10. This is the third day of creation. And God called the dry land earth, and gathering together of the waters he called the seas. And God saw that it was good. He saw that it was good. Verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. God saw it was good. Look at verse 18. And this is on the fourth day of creation. He brings the sun, the moon, and the stars into existence. Verse 18. To rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Look at verse 21. And God created great whales. This is the fifth day of creation. He brings fowl and fish into the scene. Verse 21, And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Look at verse 25. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Look at verse 31. This is the epitome statement. This is the ultimate. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Now that's the King James interpretation. The Hebrew, it was abundantly excellent. Everything he saw, oh, don't you love that, was abundantly excellent. Everything. It was perfect. Now, that will destroy a so-called theory that there was a gap between chapter 1, verse 1, and chapter 1, verse 2. Trying to conform to so-called science. We Christians sometimes, I have a King James Bible, glory to God, hallelujah. 
I got a King James Schofield. Woo! That is good. But Mr. Schofield says that there was a gap between chapter 1, verse 1, and chapter two, 1, verse 2. A gap of thousands and thousands of years, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of years, trying to conform to so-called modern-day science. There was no gap. The earth was made perfect when he created it. And then he started adding things to it. How do I know that? Chapter 1, verse 31. I saw everything I created in six days, and it was abundantly excellent. By the way, there was no evil in those first six days. That means there was no Satan in the first six days. Angels had been created on the first day, but there was no evil angels in six days of creation. Everything, I see, that starts to destroy some theology of some of these so-called great, profound Bible teachers you're watching on television who put up all these charts. One of the things that makes me sick, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again, is this one little toad out in Texas that puts up this chart and says, evil angels are prehistoric. Prehistoric is an oxymoron. There's nothing prehistoric except God. Because history started in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created. And that's, history is the record of time, the record of what has taken place. And when God got finished, he said, I looked back over the six days of creation and everything was abundantly excellent. My procedure was six 24-hour days. I created everything in those six 24-hour days. My priority was to bring man, human being, into existence so I could have a relationship, a fellowship with him. And I was perfect in all that I did. Perfect was an act of deity. All of creation, which would bring into existence the Garden of Eden. Now let's go to the Garden of Eden. Chapter 2. Let's look at the Garden of Eden. I want to look, or endeavor to give you an accurate description of the Garden of Eden. Because in this study, we're aiming towards discovering the original site of the Garden of Eden, the future site of the Garden of Eden, and determining the prophetic significance of that knowledge. And I'll tell you, I've, I know the end from the beginning. <laughs> the alpha, I know the omega from the alpha. And I can tell you, you're going to be blown away when we get to the end. Just hang in there with me. But we've got to lay the basis for understanding. The Garden of Eden. The only thing that we really know about the Garden of Eden is from, is from the Word of God. Because I do not know of any archaeologist that has literally been able to stand up and say, we found the original site of the Garden of Eden, and thus and thus and thus is so as it relates archaeologically to us. We have the artifacts, we have the antiquity to prove it. I don't know any Bible teacher. I know what Bible teachers, great scholars, I've talked with every great scholar that you could probably name today that would be in our uh, camp prophetically and biblically. And I know where they say the original Garden of Eden was located, and I don't know that they'll even say that the Garden of Eden will be reinstituted. But I have approached every single one of them, and I have told them exactly what I'm going to be teaching you this week, and not a one, listen, not a one, I don't mean this braggadociously, because I believe that I am not the only one that has any knowledge, and so I have gone to these men to test it, to see if I'm totally off base. Not a one of them have 
discouraged me. They said, that, almost to the man, that is very interesting. <laughs> and so I'm just charging ahead, teaching what I believe the Word of God says, and I hope they catch up. Anyway, <laughs> forgive me. I'm sorry. Uh, Brother Harry will take care of me tonight and get me back in my right order. All right, chapter 2 of the book of Genesis. Chapter 2 of Genesis. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. Now, that original Hebrew word probably should not be translated eastward. It probably should be translated aforetime or before. It's talking about God establishing the Garden of Eden. Let me show you something. We're here, we're studying the Garden of Eden, and he's going to develop a garden. Look what, and there he put man, verse 8, whom he had formed. He formed man, up in verse 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Then God, the Lord God, planted a garden eastward of Eden aforetime. In other words, that's why it's important. The Garden of Eden was there before God brought man into existence. Jewish tradition says God created man in the Garden of Eden on the spot of his redemption. Orthodox Jewish information. Every Orthodox Jew ultimately points to the foundation stone, the Garden of Eden, as the location where God created man at the point of his redemption. Every single one of them. That's what that rabbi said to me on that radio broadcast. That's what wound my clock to study this. The Garden of Eden. He put them in the Garden of Eden that he had formed, verse 9, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Now, we'll look at the other trees in just a moment, but out of this piece of real estate that was the Garden of Eden, he formed the trees. Go back to chapter 1 just a second, and let's look what when he did bring trees, fruit, shrubs into existence. It's in the third day of creation. Look what it says in verse 9. Third day of creation. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself, upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and the herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. Now, why is that so significant? Uh, so significant. You know why it is? The sun and the moon were created the next day. Best I know, I'm not a horticulturist. Best I know, those trees out there exist because the sun is up today. The sun, in a special process, photosynthesis, gives those trees and those shrubs and those plants and those flowers and the fruit trees their existence. God said, <laughs> I want to show you who's in charge. I'm in charge, man. I can make those trees grow without the sun. Because why? What happened on the first day? Light. What was the light? 
The Bible doesn't really say. I can tell you what it says about the end. In Revelation, it says in chapter 21, no more sun, no more moon, no more stars. Why? Jesus, chapter 1 of Revelation, his face shineth as the sun in its very strength. You see, you can do away with the sun, the moon, and the stars when Jesus, the light, his countenance, chapter 1, his countenance as the sun shineth in its very strength. Was the Son of God making that light? I suggest over in the first day of creation. And then the third day of creation, he brains all of the trees, the fruit trees, all the beautiful shade trees, every single fruit and plant and shrub and grass is brought into existence. And he makes them at the Garden of Eden. You've been listening to the first CD in a five-part audio series on CD entitled Return to Eden. This series will help you to understand why there is a battle for Jerusalem. The prophet Zechariah wrote that in the last days, Jerusalem would become a cup of trembling and a burdensome stone. That's Zechariah chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. This five-hour CD series, Return to Eden, will help you to understand why the focus of the entire world will be on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem in the last days. If you're interested in getting your copy of this five-hour audio series on CD, Return to Eden, let me give you the number to call. It's 877-674-3298. Now, that's a toll-free number from all across America. Call our staff. They'll be happy to tell you how you can have your own copy on this five-hour audio series on CD entitled Return to Eden. This is one of the most important studies I've ever done. Once again, that number for you to call, it's a toll-free number. Call and make your order of Return to Eden. It's 877-674-3298. And I want to remind you, Jesus Christ is coming, and it could be today. So let's keep looking up until...